to the ABR podcast, where some of Australian Book Review's contributors discuss major issues or read their reviews and creative writing. My name's Georgina Arnott, and I'm the Assistant Editor at ABR. If you enjoy these podcasts, think about subscribing to the magazine. Those 25 and under can do so for as little as $25 for the online version, or $60 for print plus online. Hello, this is Dan Disney. One of the world's most illustrious poetry competitions, the Peter Porter Poetry Prize, opens on the 3rd of July and will remain open until the 9th of October. Last year I received the prize, this year with the magnificent poets Felicity Plunkett and Lachlan Brown, I'm fortunate enough to be judging the Peter Porter Poetry Prize. Of course, we look forward to receiving and reading your entries. For details about the 2024 Porter Poetry Prize, worth a total of $10,000 in prize money, visit the Australian Book Review website. This week on the ABR podcast, historian Penny Russell reviews Kate Grenville's new book, a fictional account of her maternal grandmother. In Restless Dolly Maunder, Grenville reckons with the life of a woman who left no written records, but whose memory she carries from her childhood. Grenville remembers that Dolly was cranky and hard, one half of a marriage that was a kind of truce. Russell notes the tension between history and fiction that once again marks Grenville's work and the way the author directs her reader through this minefield. Penny Russell is Professor Emerita at the University of Sydney and an historian of families, intimacy and social encounters. Here she is with Mirrors on Misery, a brilliant portrait of an unhappy marriage, published in the September issue of ABR. In Restless Dolly Maunder, Kate Grenville weaves a fictional narrative around her grandmother, a woman she remembers as aloof, thin, frowning, cranky and knew through her mother's stories as uncaring, selfish, unloving, even a bit mad. Dolly Maunder left no written records of her own, no memoirs, letters, diaries, or even account books to show how she carved out a life or filled it with meaning. What Grenville knows of her has been garnered from a sparse historical record, family stories, and richest of all, the fragments of memoir, Dolly's daughter and Grenville's mother, Nance, left behind when she died. Grenville has previously used some of this material in her biography of her mother, One Life. Nance's memories were coloured by the question that haunted her even on her deathbed. Why did my mother never love me? Retelling her stories now, Grenville tries to separate them from Nance's pain and invest them instead with Dolly's. It is a generous act of imagination that gives the novel much of its emotional clout. The historian in me found the complex layering of research, memory and imagination in this book its most fascinating aspect. I kept wanting to puncture the seamless narrative, to question the origin of each new anecdote and seek out the dissonant points of view that find expression in the singular voice of the fictional Dolly Maunder. But Grenville does not encourage such speculative reading. Her account of her personal and historical quest appears only as a postscript. Unlike One Life, 
Restless Dolly is a novel and should be read as such. From the opening pages, we are invited directly into Dolly's world by an authoritative narrative voice that sits, if not quite inside Dolly's head, somewhere very close to it. Dolly's life is narrow and constrained, and its disappointments are etched upon her character. She knows she comes across to others as hard, bitter and angry. Her story unfolds in ragged leaps through time from a childhood of loveless drudgery to a lonely old age. No maker of history, she is nonetheless tied to its headlong course, experiencing the raw emotional toll of two world wars and the Great Depression, and seeing, if not benefiting from, the expanding opportunities that opened to women between the end of the 19th century and the middle of the 20th. Her story falls into familiar patterns, a precarious rise from rags to riches through business acumen, social ambition held back by a lack of social capital, an intelligent woman held back by gender prejudice. This is a story that in different hands could easily become dull or cliched, and it is a tribute to Grenville's writing that it is quite gripping. Grenville's pacey prose invests the humdrum details of buying and selling, risking and winning, moving and settling with clarity and drama. Her generous detail and spare evocative imagery bring the historical landscape to life. Wanting to bring Dolly out from the silence of the past and give her a voice we could recognise, Grenville has perhaps invested her with almost too knowing an awareness of the conditions of her existence. The novel is underpinned by a progressivist narrative of feminism, with Dolly's generation as the hinge on which the door to women's opportunities ground painfully open. Dolly's articulated sense of her pivotal place in history sometimes seems needlessly intrusive. Even without its assistance, readers could easily recognise the constraints on her choices, the illusory promises of her schooling, or her quiet courage in daring nonetheless to dream and to act. But if the feminist moral is less than subtle, the pain of lived experience rings true. After her early dream of becoming a teacher is ruthlessly squashed, marriage offers the only possible escape from the drudgery of Dolly's childhood home. Bert Russell is not her first choice, or even her second. But with the door to being a married woman starting to creak shut, you took what you could get. Their relationship, founded upon compromise, is shot through by betrayal, anger and humiliation, but sustained by familiarity shared hopes and sufferings, and a sense of partnership, if only in the business of making money. There are periods of truce, but never of trust. It is a brilliant portrait of an unhappy marriage. Still more poignant are the knotty currents of feeling that run between mothers and daughters. Dolly can never forgive her mother for concealing a life-changing secret from her. Her love for her own elder children born at the darkest period of her marriage, twists into something altogether more complicated. She can never set things right with them. She heard her voice sharp, knew her movements impatient as she dressed them and fed them. It was as if the pain in her heart had got into them both and made them mirrors to her own misery. Maternal love, shadowed and distorted by life, finds an imperfect voice in the telling of family stories. Dolly's mother's voice was never gentle, except when she went through the family story, 
telling over where she came from, where everyone fitted together, as if all the raggedness in her life could be knitted up into that laying out of generations. Dolly, in turn, feels driven to tell her children over and over where she came from, obscurely feeling that in so doing she is showing them why she was the way she was. She picks compulsively at her memories and the knot that was her feelings about her mother and father. Grenville, the inheritor and perhaps inventor of these generational stories, is picking at them still. She has an uncomfortable memory of her grandmother one day asking out of the blue, Do you love me, Cathy? and recalls with some regret her own bald, childish answer, no. Now, almost 70 years after that moment, Grenville reaches through layers of her mother's memories and her own to find a different answer to that abrupt question. She sets herself to imagine Dolly's own story and the frustrations and humiliations and disappointments that lent such sharpness to her voice. If she does not find an uncomplicated basis for love, She has invented a woman whose credible plight and aspirations invite and win our sympathy. Thanks for listening to the Australian Book Review podcast. Join us again next week. If you enjoyed this episode, why not consider subscribing to ABR? Subscriptions start from just $10 a month for full digital access. Visit our website for more information. We'd like to thank Stacey Chan, who edits the podcast, as well as our contributors who take the time to read their articles and creative writing. And if you enjoy listening to the ABR podcast, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes.